Hello once again. Welcome back. Welcome into Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. We are continuing on without Chris Anderson, who is on vacation. We have once again upgraded Chris's Wednesday. Chris Hummer from our national desk at 24-7 Sports. Today, the new head coach of men's basketball at Wheeling University, Chris Richardson. Chris, first question. What is a bigger catapult, being the son of Bo Ryan or the son of Andy Richardson? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I, I don't depends on what you're looking to catapult into, I guess. Um, obviously, you know, Coach Ryan that was here last year, Will Ryan, great pedigree, did an unbelievable job here and, and left a great group of players behind and, and, and people that uh, that have welcomed me with open arms. Uh, those guys haven't gotten to meet my dad yet, but um, I know when they when they do, they won't forget it. He'll, he'll be excited. He'll be at as many games as, as he possibly can. I would imagine that road between – Wheeling in Morgantown um, is going to be burned up quite a bit by him. He's a gentleman of the highest order. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I'm not just saying that because you and I have known each other for quite some time, but you have wanted this for many, many years. Um, back when you were working the beat, covering the Mountaineers uh, with the Blue and Gold News, I would say paid your dues, climbing the ladder different levels, different capacities, and then you've been perched for a while for a, a spot like this. Tell me about that when you are, as I say, perched and you want to do it and you know you can do it and other people agree. Um, you got to keep reaching and sometimes you can't reach it and sometimes it's pulled away from you, but you kind of keep going too. Does it get hard? Does it make the eventual landing any sweeter or are you one of those guys that you kind of had faith that was going to happen no matter what? I'd never really lost confidence. Um, and a big part of that is because of where I was, where I was, uh, would you say perched is at the university of central Missouri, which was a great, uh, institution to work at. My wife worked there. I worked there and we had six awesome years there. So being at a place like that, where you're working with, with great people every day, um, you know, where, where our son was born, where, where we had a, a great, just awesome community. Um, we could be selected now. Um, yeah, I, I've wanted to be a head coach for a while. And so how do you go about doing that? Well, sometimes, sometimes it's the luck of the draw. You can't just go out and apply for everything. Um, usually it comes down to relationships. And so as, as things came into focus the last several years, I, I really started believing that um, if that opportunity were to come, that it would be back this way, even though I haven't spent a ton of my career, uh, on the basketball side of things here in West Virginia, um, just the people, you know, throughout the state that, that I know that I grew up around that, that I've gotten to know over the years, um, you know, a, a lot of that kind of played a factor. And so being a coach back home would have been great, but being a coach back home in a place like Wheeling, a great place to raise a family where we can be close to our families and, and all that, uh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. It's definitely worth the wait. Let's stick on Wheeling for a second. I'm staring at Twitter. There's a tweet from Dan Katz. He is Big Cat from Barstool Sports. Um, it seems to behoove coaches of sports at West Virginia University to have a bond with them. He says that Wheeling might be one of the best cities in America. Feel free to agree with him. He's, he's certainly on to something there, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great community. It, uh, you know, I've been here a few weeks now, and, and we always came up here to visit. 
um, when I was a kid. We'd come up to Ogilvy. We had family reunions at Ogilvy. Uh, I think we even came up. My dad and I came up to watch the Mountaineers at the Wheeling Civic Center one night when they were, you know, making their tour of the state. But uh, it was, it's always a great community, and, and it's a great basketball community. There's some unbelievable basketball tradition just in this area at multiple levels, at the high school level and certainly at the college level. So um, great place to raise a family and then a, a community that really gets excited about sports and, and basketball in particular. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of upgrades going on around town now. There's there's some construction, but in the end, uh, when that's all done, it's, it's going to look, uh, you know, even better than, than it has before. So like I said, great place to live and really, really believe that this is a great place to come to school. Um, take me through your career here for a second. Arkansas Tech, right? Yeah. Arkansas Tech, yeah. Wonder Boys. Yep. UCM was the Mules. Yep. Delta State was unusual, too. What was their mascot? So their official mascot was the Statesman, and then they uh-huh. had an unofficial mascot that they embraced that was the Fighting Okra. Ah, that's what it was, the okra. So yep. let's just say you've been okra. Wonder Boys is excellent. Mules is pretty cool. I, I'm sorry, you're just the Cardinals right now. Is that okay with you? It, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I'm a pretty simple guy at the end of the day. So uh, simple is simple is best and happy to be a Cardinal. And, and um, you know, if you look at the at the Cardinal logo, there is a unique touch to it. It doesn't look like a generic Cardinal like, you know, maybe Louisville or uh, you know, some of the other Cardinal mascots out there, Arizona. Uh, if you look, the feathers in it form a W. And, and if you flip that W uh, right side up, then then you'll see that it's the same W that Wheeling uses as another one of its logo. So um, happy to be a Cardinal. Certainly, uh, you know, being a mule was awesome and a Wonder Boy and a, and a Falcon and a, uh, a Golden Eagle um, and an Okra slash Statesman, but, but happier than anything else to be a cardinal yeah it would be a uh, irresponsible me not to say you do have some mountain east experience um fairmont state from what, 11 to 12 with jerry calhoun is that right it was uh yeah fairmont state i was there i was there a couple times i, was, I volunteered there um i was burning up the road between morgantown and fairmont while i was finishing up with the blue and gold news and volunteering down there um in 08 09 and then uh, went to Arkansas, basically sold out to, to go into coaching full-time, um, full-time hours and uh, no-time pay as a volunteer. So, uh, And then was there again 11 to 12 with, uh, with Coach Murphy and then, and then Coach Vincent. Um, and then mm-hmm. at the end of the year, Coach Calhoun came in, and I was all set to stick around with him. And we're, everything was off to a great start with him, and obviously he did a phenomenal job there. But – uh, had an opportunity to, to go down to Mississippi and, and work for Coach Boone, another West Virginia native. And uh, so that opportunity was was the best thing for me at that point in my career and went from being a graduate assistant to a, a full-time assistant. And so still got a great relationship with, with every coach I've ever worked with and uh, thankful for all that they've shown me. So, but but definitely excited to be back back here. I haven't been in the Mountain East, only in the WVIAC. Right, the right before the rebrand, uh, yeah. Right before, yeah, right right after I left. So it'll be fun. There's a lot of great schools and teams in this conference. So where do you fit in right now? We've um, looked at your record from last year. You inherited a team that was 14 and 13. Really good start, 11-11 in the conference. Um, 
and you have offensively some firepower back, no doubt about that. But I don't have to tell you this. Um, in fact, you told me this. Tons of firepower offensively in the conference. Um, you could go strength for strength, or you could zag a little bit. If I know you, uh, you don't want to let teams score at you on will. You probably want to stand out for some reason, and perhaps it's defense. Um, I don't know. Take me through your game plan. You're pitched to new fans of Wheeling or even old fans of Wheeling University. Yeah, well, it's going to be rooted in the values that, that this community has always been rooted in. That's that's hard work and showing up every day and, and doing what it takes to get the job done. Uh, this is one of the one of the hardest working communities in the region. And the Ohio Valley is one of the hardest working regions uh, through through decades and centuries of, of uh, you know, of of our country here. So we want to be a team that reflects those values. And, and I think in order to do that, you've got to be a team that's full out committed uh, on the defensive end. And, um, you know, there's a lot of schematic similarities defensively between what I want to do and what coach Ryan did with him last year. So that's good for the transition. Um, and we do have a lot of, a lot of talented players coming back who are, I mean, every guy coming back and the guy, the guys that, that, that we'll be bringing in that'll be announced, uh, you know, in the coming days. Like we, one thing I can say about our team is we got great guys. We, we just have unbelievable guys that um, they're excited to be at Wheeling. And, you know, the guys coming back are still hungry uh, after, after you know, ending the season last year, what, what they felt might have been a little bit early. And uh, the guys coming in are hungry to compete and, and earn some time and, and try to win a lot of games as well. So we're going to be a hard work basketball program. I said that from day one. And uh, I have to set the example of that at the top. So that, that's my intention. And uh, I know that we've got players that are that are excited about about being there with me. I want to go over the press release, which these are awesome, especially when it's friends of mine that, that get jobs and seeing their their lives and their careers played out into a press release. But two things stood out to me. Um, the one that's kind of funny that I think is pretty clever, though, um, you openly touted uh, the fact that you coached the 2015 State Farm College Slam Dunk Champion. I've never seen that before on a resume or in a press release, and I love it. Um, tell me more about Laquavius Cotton and how he made your press release. Yeah, I didn't uh, – I don't know how it got in there originally, to be honest with you, because um, that – you know, most of those get compiled as you're in different places. Um, mm -hmm. And I never got to coach him, but great kid uh, that was from Cleveland, Mississippi, and his cousin had committed to Delta State, and uh, Laquavius was actually sitting out. And so – um, you know, I was a recruiting coordinator and, and he was, he was looking for a place to go the following year. So he ended up, uh, he ended up joining us as well. So, uh, by the time, by the time he played, I was out of there, but he played one year and, and had some great games for coach Boone. And, and then at the end of the year, there he was, uh, smiling on ESPN with the slam dunk championship. And, uh, you know, just, just another good kid, his, his dad was a coach. Uh, there at the local high school in Cleveland and, and had, had been around some some great players coming up through the ranks and, and made the most of his senior season. So and he went on. I think he played the Globetrotters a little bit after that as well. So um, just has some unbelievable natural leaping and, and athletic ability. And, and, you know, a guy that when you watch play, looks like he's having a lot of fun. Second one that's pretty, pretty cool to see, too, is the part toward the end, hey, what they're saying about Chris Richardson and impossible not to notice that Bob Huggins is not only mentioned, he's the first person they quoted there too. Um, you've obviously been one of many people to tap him on the shoulder or lean on him. And he is pretty open 
to advising and otherwise just counseling people that he wants to advise and counsel to. Um, what type of a resource is that guy at this stage of your career? Well, to be able to talk to a guy who, who's going to, um, you know, be in the basketball hall of fame and will also be in the college basketball hall of fame and, um, will go down as one of the winningest coaches ever, obviously just from a basketball standpoint, being a head coach that there isn't a better resource out there, um, that, that, that I have. Um, it's, it's unbelievable because he's just, he's such a down to earth person. He's such a humble guy and, and he really does want to see people from West Virginia succeed, um, in, in, in all aspects of life. But obviously with, with me, it's coaching. And so, um, you know, I, I was there next to you several days while we we're interviewing him. And, and, uh, um, at the end of that season, I just kind of, emailed his secretary and asked if I could go in and talk to him at some point. She told me when he comes in, and, um, I went in and spent some time with him. So, uh, he said he's more than willing to help. And, and we spent, like I said, a lot of time that day talking and, and have talked a lot of time since then. And he's always been nothing but open and gracious, uh, to me, just anything that I've asked, he's, he's, he's answered and, and pointed me in the right direction and, Really lucky to have him as a mentor. Now, I don't know if he remembers this. Do you remember when we were uh, – what was the tournament we were at out in Las Vegas? Oh, God. Uh, that was that garbage tournament his was his first year? Uh, I, I think it was his second year because I had, that's when I was kind of splitting. And, and we went out to Vegas. Um, I was volunteering at Fairmont mm -hmm. and working at Blue and Gold News. So we were out there in Vegas covering that tournament. Remember when he boxed me out in the hallway? He was showing, like, what, what they were doing. They were <laughs> – Trying to correct trying that was after the Kentucky game, right? You were interviewing somebody else. You walked over. You said, "Why were you getting boxed out?" I don't know. It's, it's where it was. So, um, but yeah, he's been he's been awesome. And uh, you know, one cool thing about being at Central Missouri is getting to go to the Big Twelve tournament every year and, and see those guys practice and play. And um, it'll be it'll be great to have the chance to get back to the Coliseum every now and then too. When when you know we're not playing here. Let's, um, let's talk current events a little bit, and maybe let's work backwards forward. We'll end up with how you play possibly going in the future. But um, the pursuit of a job, as you mentioned, it can take some time. Um, you could do your best, and maybe it doesn't work out for you. So much of it is out of your control. This had to have been not only unique, but I, I would say to a certain extent, maybe more nerve-wracking, maybe more uncertain, because you can control even fewer things about it. I'm not even sure. I mean, you probably knew about the Wheeling area and the Wheeling campus, but like, did you ever do a visit there? Was all your interviewing done on Skype? And then to that point, the fact that you do have people who would go to bat for you, you have contacts, you have a network that could be really influential at a time like this, where a lot of those people can line up and speak in your favor and influence people too. Um, I guess long question, shortened down. What was it like pursuing a job in this virtual almost unprecedented situation. Yeah, it was, it was definitely unique. Um, mo most everything was done, you know, phone or, or, or virtual conference. Um, but it was a first class process and, and the people that, that were involved in it um, were open. They, they were honest. They, they, they really took the time and the effort to get to know me. Um, they wanted to know my values and, and, and I wanted to, you know, not just articulate that, but how I saw that uh, in terms of how it aligns with the values of this university. And I, and I think that was 
that was the key for me about this job was was the community's great being back home great especially with a young son uh they, they can grow up now around his cousins and his grandparents and his aunts and uncles um but having having shared values with with this institution is is really what what sold me um and, and luckily they they felt the same way about me they they saw the same they saw the same alignment but the process um yeah it in, in some ways it kind of simplified things because you know you've been in positions before where maybe you you go and you you take a day um you got to fly across country or drive across country to go to an interview and and then it doesn't work out and you feel like you've wasted time and that, that you're kind of behind now on on your current job and um i didn't want to give central missouri anything less than my best even as i was pursuing this position so in some ways it kind of simplified things because um you know after my virtual interview was over i, I was able to um you know get up and and go back to the multi where we where we worked there at central missouri and, and get to work the rest of the day for them so it didn't there was some if it were another place that i hadn't been to over the years that, that i didn't know anything about the community or, or the campus um didn't even know what the gym looked like other than pictures online you know yeah it probably would have been a little bit more nerve-wracking but there was a there was a comfort level here with all that for me um just given my familiarity with with the area we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. You're busy, so we had to make sure that we got you in on time. But Thursday's the 20th. You were announced on July 20th, so a month. And you yep. have teased that you're going to have a recruiting class coming out here soon. Um, it's a year-long process, and you're condensing into a month. Certainly some work was done. Maybe you keep guys on, maybe you don't. But um, you have to get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. It's really important. And, again, it's very unusual because you can't have kids on campus, too. How in the heck do you put together a recruiting class like this? Well, a, a lot of the work was done. Uh, Coach Ryan and, and, and his staff did, did a great job uh, getting some guys nailed down in the spring and, and, and even earlier than that. So there was a couple guys that were already on board. Um, the first thing I had to do was reach out to the current players because those are the guys that have put in the blood and the, the sweat and the tears here over the past year. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I was on the same page with them and, and they knew that I was always going to have their back and they could come talk to me about thing. And, you know, before you can say that with any teeth to it, got to get to know you and you got to know them. So uh, first priority was, was getting on the phone with them, spending time with them as, as best I could uh, over the phone. And, uh, you know, we did, we did some, some virtual stuff as well with them. And, uh, that was the first priority. And then, yeah, you, you, you do. You got to fill some holes. We didn't have a whole lot of size coming back. So we need to add some size, um, which we've done. And, and then we need to add, uh, you know, maybe another playmaker, which we've done, and, and, and some guys that can make some shots, which we've done. So you rely a lot on the relationships that you've cultivated throughout the years. Um, the good news is everybody's kind of in the same boat right now recruiting-wise. And the way that the calendar's been the, the, with – getting shut down there was there was still a lot of really good players available um late so did have to hit the ground running recruiting wise and, and it was a lot of you know time on the phone and 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 sending pictures and and all that stuff just making sure you could you could show the guys that, that you're trying to come here what a beautiful campus it is and what a great place it is. but the most important is the relationship so um i'm a relationship guy and, and that's 
that's how I've kind of survived in this business is, is uh, you know, putting work into relationships. And it's the same thing with your players. Every day you got to have great relationships with them so you can coach them and give them your best. And it starts in recruiting. So we got we got really fortunate, um, like I said, that things were off to a great start with, with Coach Ryan from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, we just kind of steered it to the finish line and, and picked up a few few more people along the way. So you've coached in Fairmont and Charleston in the state. You're from Charleston. You've lived in Morgantown for a while. You're up in Wheeling. You know pretty much all corners of the state. Uh, have mm-hmm. coached in the south in Arkansas and Mississippi and the Midwest in Missouri. Um, I would imagine that a temptation in recruiting for you right now would be to go to areas that you know very well because you were recruiting coordinator at some spots. Um, assistant coach is obviously involved in recruiting everywhere you go. And that would be, I don't want to say easy for you, but you know those places and people in those hallways know you. However, you draw a small, medium, large circle around Wheeling and you scoop up some major population centers, um, Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. You can go as far out as the Metro D.C. area, Philadelphia, so on and so forth, too. And maybe that's more interesting because um, proximity and people like to stay close to home and you you can maybe have um, a better way in to some of those classrooms. It's certainly easier to get a kid from Philadelphia than Cleveland, Cleveland being Mississippi, right? So right. how do you go about figuring out your recruiting territory right now? Cause you can go in a bunch of different directions here. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, and, and you're always going to manage those relationships and, and, and you're, I mean, you want to know where good players are and, and especially ones that have an interest in coming to your school. So you can't just go on a map and, and, you know, X out half of it. Um, you gotta, you gotta work the phones. We may not be able to get out there and see guys play, but, um, you know, people that, that know what I look for and, and uh, how I want to play and all that, sure, they'll continue to call and, and I'll continue to call them. Um, but, but you nailed it, man. Like, we really do want to stay within our footprint here. Uh, that's, that's, that's a cool thing about Wheeling is no matter what the school's been called, no matter who the coach has been, uh, they've done a great job cultivating talent over the years from the Ohio Valley, from Ohio, uh, you know, Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, over into Philly and, and, and even, you know, Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, over into D.C. and Baltimore. They've had a ton of great players from over there. So uh, that's on me to cultivate those relationships and, and reach out and, um, you know, share the good news of everything that's going on here basketball-wise and campus-wise at Wheeling. And so uh, that's always something you're responsible for is, is developing relationships, um, you know, when you go to a new school. Uh, I'd never set foot in the state of Iowa before, uh, when I got to central Missouri and I spent a ton of time there the past six years, just getting to know people. And, um, you know, the, the, an area that, like I said, I'd never been to before and it ends up being my primary recruiting territory. Um, so you have to adjust and and you gotta, you gotta be cognizant of things geographically and, and distance and, um, try to minimize, you know, uh, homesickness and, and retention and all that. And so, um, we want to recruit people that are, that are good players that are from, from the local area here, the Ohio Valley, uh, good players from West Virginia, good players from Ohio, good players from Pennsylvania, uh, Virginia, Maryland, DC. Um, you know, and, and I think that the way our town is as accessible as it is, um, and the tradition that we have here in the program, I think there's a lot to offer. And so I look forward to getting out there, uh, 
once the recruiting uh, dead period or, or quiet period is lifted in September, look forward to getting out there and, and seeing some people and, and beginning to to build those relationships uh, back up that may have existed at one point here at Wheeling and, and uh, that I want to bring back. Um, tradition, kind of on your side too. Um, I think maybe if you're a hardcore basketball fan right now, and you hear Wheeling University and you're thinking NBA or whatever, probably Haywood Highsmith. That might be a reach for some people, but a ton of points there. He's been in the NBA. But I think a lot of people who followed hoops in the state, they know the coaches who've been there for, I mean, across a generation now, too. Um, your name is, is next on a list of some pretty cool names. Um, Got to be a pretty cool feeling and also a pretty cool responsibility, too. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that um... – you got to look at it certainly uh, way bigger than me. And uh, there's a responsibility that I have to, to kind of uphold the tradition that they have here. And there's a responsibility to educate our current players and our future players about that tradition. When you sign up to play at Wheeling, uh, this is what you sign up for. You're going to be a tough team. You're going to be a team that, that's, that's fun to watch and that plays with great uh, you know, enthusiasm for the game, that plays with a great connection with each other. And it's, uh, like I said, difficult to play against. It really wants to guard you and, and, and make things tough on both ends for 40 minutes. So um, that's that's what's come before me, and it's my responsibility to uphold it. The coaching legacy here is unbelievable, and it's uh, it's it's incredible every day to walk up and, and come be a, a very small part of that. And, and uh, you know, dating all the way back to Ed Coyne. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame at AB. He's in the Hall of Fame here. He started the program here. Um, Paul Baker, who was here, legendary high school coach uh, over in the Baltimore area as well. Um, you know, Jim O'Brien was here. Jay DeFruccio was here. Danny Sankum. And then again, like the, the people that were here the last couple of years, John Peck and Paul Will Ryan, um, did an unbelievable job in, in, in the circumstances that, that they inherited. They, they both got the job in the summer as well. So um, my job is to build on the tradition that's come before me and, and embrace the tradition. We don't want to run from tradition. Um, if you run from tradition, you probably don't have much. And, and we've got a lot of tradition here. So we look forward to embracing that, celebrating that, connecting with our alumni, um, and then putting a product on the floor that, that they can be really proud of for years to come. Not really part of the coaching legacy, but part of the the fabric, I guess, in the past. John Beeline played there, 72 through 74 um and you're right i'm just looking through some records now and like there's people who are like oh i remember that guy i remember that name so um yeah not a, not a nobody school there too let's knock on wood for a second and presume you're going to have a season in the spring we all hope that happens um, there are so many models out there for how this can and can't work basketball is not going to be like football and football is rife with problems um i'm sure you've thought about this but what has to happen how could it work what does a 2020 slash 21, maybe just a 21 season look like? Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's two things I'm confident about with that. Number one, that, I, that I'll have absolutely no control over what it looks like. <laughs> and, and number two, more importantly, that the leadership of our conference, um, including the leadership of each institution, they're going to do what's best for the student athletes. And, uh, you know, what I've told our guys is we can't control when we play. Um, we can't control how many games we play. Um, I've been extremely impressed with Commissioner Amos and, and his diligence and his prudence in um, keeping us informed and, and, and 
you know, making sound decisions. And, and we're lucky to have such great leadership at the top of our conference. Um, so what I've told the guys is we can't control any of that. What we can control is how connected we are, uh, what type of shape we're in. And, and you know, once we're back here, um, here in the next few days, as, as, as our players begin to trickle in and, and we hit the court here in the coming weeks, uh, we can control our, our effort every day. And so we'll be ready. Uh, you know, we, we don't care what it looks like. Uh, we just we just want to play, and uh, we want we want what's best for the student athletes. And so we'll be ready when 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 we find out what that is. Let me bounce some hypotheticals off you here, and if this is not good, we'll delete it, and nobody will ever know. Sound good? <laughs> That's not a no. Nope. So I'm moving forward. Um, uh, in the earlier version, you, you watch a lot of NBA, and there's a bubble, and it works. Um, you can't do that in college. You know that Division Two, II, Division One, whatever. It's going to be not impossible to do, Chris. Anderson and I had an idea that's suddenly gotten some traction. The Pac-12 is studying it, not our idea, but the topic at least. But what you would do is you would have a four-team, three-game invitational, let's say. So hypothetically, West Virginia, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, they play in Lawrence, and they knock out three games on like a Thursday, Saturday, Monday. And then they go home, and you're off for a week. And you do that six times in – I don't know, eight weeks, nine weeks, 10 weeks, something like that. So you're playing games every seven days, maybe every 10, but you're testing everything in before you're safe. You're knocking out three games in one site. You're having another 10 to 14 days off in between. You're getting 18 18 games in. It seems to me in a a higher ed environment, you can't put a bubble over the campus and you can't put a bubble over the competition, but that's kind of like a mobile bubble where it's the best you can do. It kind of isolates things. You're knocking out a bunch of games at once. You're building in time just in case. Tell me I'm not crazy. I mean, you've always had a creative mind, Mike. We know that. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, not encouraging, but okay. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be really fun to watch. I'd enjoy watching it. Um, I just, you know, what they can do at the NBA level is different than what they can do at the Division One level. What they can do at the Division One level is, you know, probably different than what they can do at, at our level and, and as well as, uh, you know, Division Three and, and NAI and junior college. So um, I'm enjoying watching the NBA stuff. I think it's really cool, uh, you know, just how, how well that's been executed. I, I was incredibly impressed, as I am every summer more and more, by the TBT. Um, yeah, so that, that, you know, it, it was, it was tough that the best Virginia wasn't in there, but, um, you know, enjoyed watching guys from her dad play and, and uh, sideline cancer, some, some guys involved with that team that I know. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad that we've got live sports on TV to watch again in, in whatever format it is. So, um, it's not, I, like I said, you've always had a creative mind, um, there's just so many moving parts to it that, uh, you know, the thing we got to remember is these are students first. They're students and, and they're, um, you know, they're, they're, young, they're young men. And so we got to take care of them first and foremost. And, uh, again, I'm really confident in the direction that the Mountain East has taken things with Commissioner Amos. And hopefully something works out. We can continue to have live sports on TV, um, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the season. So keep, keep coming uh, up with ideas, man. I've got an idea. You, you're okay with it. Eric Martin – I think we can agree he's probably more qualified to talk on this subject, right? Yeah. All right. His idea, 10 teams go to Kansas City, play six games in two weeks, two days off, game, two days off, game. And then you play your six games there. 
return to campus for two weeks, catch up on academics for two weeks, repeat the cycle two more times, teams play 18 games in 10 weeks. I did not like that at first because I feel like two weeks is a long way to be away. It's possible that everybody's online in the spring, but his idea is probably better than mine. You're playing more games. You're having more time in between. You're not cramming three games into like five days. You're cramming six into 14. Realistic there, I think, maybe more so than mine. I I saw I saw his idea on Twitter the other night. I thought that was thought that was creative and um I liked it. I know Kansas City would be all for it. Um, you know, as as long as all the measures were in place. That's a that is a basketball town right there. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's different at every level and it's and it's I don't think there's one right answer. Um I just know that when the time comes that, that they will have an an answer and, and that I'm confident we'll have you know, some sort of college basketball season at some point this year, but I can't control when that is. Spoken like a head coach, control what you can control, right? We got to control our controllables, all right? Last question, Chris. Did you get better over the summer? <laughs> you know what, man? There's a there's a park right behind campus with a, uh, with a court. Um, I have to go out there and get better. That's an inside joke for anybody listening. Uh, we used to try to go play pickup ball every now and then towers and, and all that and so um i i i, I tell you what got better at man that free throw stroke uh <laughs> it's it's been on point um i changed it a couple years ago and and made things a lot more efficient more fluid um just one night i was in the gym at central missouri talking on the phone with a buddy and had my bluetooth in and um started shooting free throws and started tinkering with some things and our guys at central missouri would always end up asking me, hey, man, did you make free throws today? Get yours up. I'd say, yeah, what about you? Like, you're the one that's missing in the game, you know? So, um, but uh, I definitely got better over the summer, man. I got I got a new situation, uh, a new a new place to live, and leaving a great place to live in a great situation, but uh, for a special situation, a special place to live, and, and uh, you know, be back, like I told someone else, be back in the place that I belong, as, as the song says, and uh, my wife's excited. Uh, she's been unbelievable the past, oh, shoot, really the past month. She's been back in Missouri uh, with my son and finishing up her job and taking care of him and, um, you know, just, just making sure that I can hit the ground running here with with uh, all the energy that I need to have right now uh, as we prepare for the start of school. And, um, so can't wait to get her back uh, here and, and Corey back here and, um you know, can't wait to get our guys back to campus. It's, it's, I definitely got better over the summer. I got, I somehow got more blessed than I already was. Well, I look forward to adding Corey to the 24 7 sports database. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years from now, uh, still. Let's not rush him, but he's kind he'll of be a, in there. Kind of a below the rim post player right now, slash pulling guard on the football. Dude, the guards oh. do have pulling guards anymore, as everybody, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't studied offensive line play anytime recently, but uh, um, yeah, he's he's trending that direction right now. He's not going to be blessed with great feet. I can tell you that, uh, just genetically. But um, he'll probably he'll probably be intensely competitive if he's anything like his parents. So um, yeah, be excited. Get him in the database, man. Let's let's get him some looks. 
Well, you got a lot of summers to coach him up, Chris. I'm confident he'll he'll find his way one way or the other. Well, I mean, it's congratulations to you. I will make my way up the road sometime to, to catch you out during the season because we're going to have one. I'm, I'm speaking it into existence here. So I look forward to seeing you get teed up and to calling a carry and to, uh, I don't know, maybe one day cutting down a net over there too. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. That is Chris Richardson. That is all for this time. We will see you next time for earsports.com. I'm Mike Casazza. We will talk to you later.